Welcome to the Future Adjustment, chiropractic economics podcast series on what's new and notable in the world of chiropractic. I'm Dan Sosnowski, the Editor-in-Chief of Chiropractic Economics, and our guest today is Ty Talcott, DC. He's the president of HIPAA Compliance Services. He's a certified HIPAA privacy and security expert. He's consulted with thousands of healthcare practices uh, related to business development and protection strategies. And uh, Dr. Tai is here today to talk to us about some of the threats and risks facing today's healthcare practices and how you might go about mitigating them and remaining compliant with regulations. Dr. Tai, welcome to our show. Glad you can. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, just to kind of get going here, um, in your, in your uh, experience, what are some of the major threats facing practices from a security standpoint? Is the risk mainly digital? Well, that's kind of a yes and no answer. Um, the, the most serious thing is digital because that would be your ransomware attacks that can completely shut down your business, uh, hacking attacks that steal your data uh, from mm -hmm. your electronic devices. But realistically, actually, I just returned from the Washington DC cybersecurity a conference. Boy, there's a snoozer, two days with those folks. But anyway, I uh, learned a lot of information. And as of now, 39% of the risk that you run is still direct theft. People stealing your laptop computer out of Starbucks when you set it on the table and go to the bathroom. Uh -huh. uh, people breaking into offices and, and physically stealing. And only about 17% of attacks that are happening are hacks, you know, electronically coming into your electronic digital devices. But the, the point there is that just a couple of years ago, it was only 2%. So that's the growth industry, the, the cyber attacks, the electronic hacking into digital items, the ransomware attacks. These are the things that are just raising, causing havoc in chiropractic offices. And of course, uh, nationwide in, in all types of businesses. And it, that's the growth industry. If you want to look at what's the growth industry and in, in attacking data, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've read in uh, some of the security uh, literature that uh, medical records tend to be among the most valuable uh, on the black market. Is 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 that is that correct? That's correct. Uh, you can get about five dollars per name on the black market for identity theft type information, name, yeah. social security number, et cetera. You can get almost five hundred dollars per file for a full healthcare file because of all the information and data that, that it contains and what we, what the information we gain from our patients, you know, and gather and, and collect. It's just, it's so massive that uh, it's worth a lot more on the market. And you know what they do with this information? The reason people keep stealing it and they get all this money, they do ID, uh, identity stuff. They make credit, they make um, insurance cards and, and ship them overseas. People buy these insurance cards, come get care on your group policy. And yeah. you don't know that they're getting care on it until you get the EOBs that come in. I've never been to this doctor. By then, they're <laughs> back out of the country. The other thing they do is they take all your patient's information and they file their tax returns. And if they have a refund coming, they collect those tax refunds. Yes. And that's where they make their big money on this stuff. And that's why this stuff's so valuable. And you know, sometimes people go, oh, you know, why do they care about my stuff? I'm not sure they're really so interested in my data. I don't know that I'm at risk. No, they want your data because they can make lots of money on your data. That's the point I really wanted to make very clear to our listeners today, that uh, if you're running a medical practice, you, you are 
the you are the whale in the water. You are the target that that they are coming for. So that's why you want to be really careful. Hey, Dr. Tai, you mentioned uh, a term uh, just a little while ago. You, you mentioned ransomware. Uh, that that is a particularly nasty. Uh, uh, kind of attack. There was a hospital that got hit in California. They had to pay the cyber criminals something on the order of $17,000 in bitcoins uh, to get their data back. H how can a doctor defend uh, against this if even a large hospital couldn't? Well, the reason, I mean, the, it's actually harder for hospitals. Um, they've got, you know, hundreds of staff people running around. They can get in that data, share that data, share their passwords, with other people who then get in and you don't know who was in there and who wasn't. They have way more devices than the typical office that they have to protect, keep everything updated, the patches and the firewalls and all the things that they have to do. And they have more exposure because they have more data transferring back and forth and going everywhere. It's actually easier for a, a typical doctor's office uh, to protect that than it is for a hospital to protect it. Uh, it is a, it's a massive thing. I mean, I have a, a video uh, interviewing a woman who a small chiropractic practice in the Pennsylvania mountains who was hit by um, ransomware screen pops up on your computer. It says, we have your data. You've got five hours to pay us $5,000. If you don't, you got five more hours to pay us 25,000. If you don't, we're going to sell you, we're going to expose your data on the dark web. We're going to weaponize and destroy your computer. You will never get your data back again. They even have worms that can go backwards into your backup data. So your data is completely gone. You're shut. Now, that's also a HIPAA violation. So you have to report it to HIPAA. Now you get fined by HIPAA, probably a minimum $50,000 fine for what's called willful neglect. And then you have to turn around and monitor the credit of every patient who was exposed for a period of at least one year, about $10 per patient per month. And so the, uh, the chiropractor got hit in Kentucky, had 5,000 patients, that's $50,000 a month. That can be a practice shutting issue. This is a, a huge, huge problem. And what you have to do in an office to protect against ransomware is you have to have an entire HIPAA program in place. By putting in a HIPAA program, getting it in place, and then following your own policies and procedures under that program, you, it's a de facto thing. You can't be hit by ransomware. You're protected. That's why if you get hit by ransomware, it's automatically a HIPAA fine. So the, 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 the solution is to get a HIPAA program put in place, make sure all of the factors of the HIPAA program are covered and implemented, and then you both guard against ransomware, you also guard against those fines if, if, if you were to be struck. So it's a, it's a, this particular woman actually shared information, which you can't get people to do because under federal investigation, it could affect your license, your PPO contracts, all this different stuff. And the world changed last year on May the 20th, the WannaCry virus hit 115 countries at once and dis ransomware and disproportionately hit healthcare. Healthcare was at the top of the list of what got hit. And so the world changed. You know, the, the industrial revolution, the invention of electricity, the invention of the internet, these are all world changing effects. Well, now there's one that goes with it called cyber attacks. And it is a world changing event. So you, you've got to change or you're going to get left behind or swallowed up by the world. It's, right. It's a, it's a major change. And uh, a little bit earlier, you'd mentioned that uh, even though that is a significant risk, and we, we can all see that it is, 
that, that just uh, direct uh, human theft can still be a problem. And um, another risk uh, to a practice just involves uh, the staff members, the people who are working for you. They can be vulnerable to what's called a human engineering attack. Uh, are you familiar with that? Can you, can you tell us a little about how a practice can avoid that, that kind of problem? Well, in fact, under the, the laws of HIPAA, you have to do at least an annual training. You have to document who was at that training. You not, not just that, you have to document the topics you covered. Because if you get hit in a certain way with an attack and you can't prove to the government when they investigate that you trained your people how to not do or do the things they're supposed to do, then you have full liability. They will give you no, no slack at all. As That's well, right. you're required to issue periodic security reminders to your workforce that have to do with things that are in the current news of potential attacks. And if you don't do that, you have to do that at least on a monthly basis. That was the opinion of the cybersecurity symposium is the law says you have to issue periodic. Nobody knew what that meant. They came out and said that they felt the typical physician's office had to be issuing these once a month to their people and documenting. They received the information that they agree to read, understand, and abide by the information. It goes on and on. And this is to prevent things such as having your staff untrained so that they open emails that are inappropriate where people are doing phishing attacks trying to get into your computer, into your data. Right. Um, telling people information over the phone that's inappropriate. Uh, doing workarounds where your staff might go, well, yeah, we've got this, this antivirus or this this block or this firewall, but we shut that down because it slows things down and we have to get work done or whatever. And they work around the things yeah. that have been put in place. Um, they share passwords. This is a big problem. Uh, sometimes they use bootleg software. They don't have new software that has the automatic updates. So it's yeah. not updated. Uh, they click on the wrong pop-up, you know, that comes up on the computer. There's just all kinds of things that can happen where outside individuals design these attacks to come into your computer and disguise themselves as email addresses of people you know. And so you click on it because you're confident. Don't click on one unless you're expecting an email from someone. I mean, not just that you know them and, oh, that's their address, but you're actually expecting them to email you something because they've gotten so good now, they can make it look like it came exactly from the person that you know. And the person you know doesn't even know it's happening. Right. It's, that's, it's uh... crazy. They're very good at what they do. Yeah, that, that technique is what they call address spoofing. And uh, yes. it, can, it can be uh, very pernicious uh, because we, we get those uh, uh, attacks periodically here at chiropractic economics. Uh, uh, I don't know why, but people sometimes just try to sneak into our system that way. And so everybody gets a periodic reminders to not click uh, on emails that are unexpected, exactly as you say. Um, the other, the other common uh, weak link uh, can can just be a direct phone call. Someone calls up your CA and says, "Hi, this is Scott with your uh, your your software uh, vendor, and uh, we need to check something on your system. What's your password?" And uh, if 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 your staff are uh, uh, not trained, they, they might fall for that and, and just give the attacker the, the login credentials right over the phone. Absolutely. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. So, um, you know, uh, Dr. Tai, one of your areas of particular expertise is uh, HIPAA compliance. Um, could, could you just give us like a, just a, a brief top line overview of what HIPAA wants to see in a security and privacy program? Yeah, they want to see that you have a compliance officer that has a job description and knows all of the 
different types of notifications that are required to be issued to your patients. They want to know that you have a notice of patient privacy policy that's updated from the 2013 omnibus rules and that uh -huh. you're issuing that a copy of that to every new patient, that you're getting a signed authorization from the patient that they received it, and that you uh, have those copies available in the office. They're mm -hmm. looking to have an accounting log that shows everywhere that you send anyone's pri private information out of your office. They're looking for your business associate contracts to be in place. You're required to have a contract with anyone who stores, transmits, or you've given access to your data. You have to have an actual contract agreement in place with them. It was created in the omnibus rules of 2013. They're All looking right. for your staff training in services, what you train on, the fact that they've agreed to abide by it. They're looking for a physical plant audit done at least once a year where you've looked to see if your computer screens are, are visible, all that. Most importantly, they're looking for a complete and total risk analysis, which is really a risk analysis, because it's a risk analysis done of each of your electronic devices that goes together, and you put all those risk analyses together into one giant risk analysis. They're looking for what are called periodic ICERs. That stands for Information System Activity Review. This is where you're checking audit logs on your computer to see who accessed the data when and did they um, actually delete, alter, or simply observe data and who were they, when were they there, and what were they doing. You're required to do a once a year A to Z HIPAA program audit and evaluation. You're required to have what is typically becomes over 100 pages of just policies, just to cover the required policies in a chiropractic office typically takes around 100 pages, has to be customized to your office. This is why you can't buy a book from somebody that says this is a HIPAA compliance manual with 500 pages in it five years ago, and you set it on a shelf uh -huh. and collect dust. You actually made the government's case. If they walk in the door and say, what's going on with your HIPAA program? You've had a breach. We're investigating. You point to some book on a shelf. Yeah. About the time they blow the dust off that book, you're toast. Because <laughs> it has to be active, dynamic, and it has to be customized to your office, and you made their case for willful neglect. And that's a minimum $50,000 fine at willful neglect, up to $1.5 million. Right. You're required to have an equipment maintenance log on every electronic device, who worked on it, what they did. You're supposed to have, of course, you have to have model releases in place for testimonial use. And there are about a dozen audits, evaluation, re-audits, re-evaluations, or analysis audits that you have to do on an annual or more frequent basis or your program is not current. And if you have a program, but your program's not current, you've just made their case as well. Because putting a program in place means you know it had to be kept up. And if you didn't keep it up and that caused a breach because it wasn't current, then they're going to nail you to the wall on that as well. And there's right. your 100,000 foot overview in two minutes. <laughs> right. And uh, of course, you know, uh, uh, Disaster can strike, uh, but it, at least if you do wind up getting audited uh, after a, a, a problem and, and you've got a, a well-documented, well-implemented uh, HIPAA compliance program, uh, that, tells, that tells the auditors that you made every good faith effort to, to make your practice as, as hardened as possible, and, th and that goes along. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you said the word um, uh, some sort of a disaster, because one of the things I didn't mention, you're also supposed to have a required contingency plan that consists of two parts, data recovery plan and emergency mode operation of how you, uh, how you operate and protect information during a disaster, like a tornado or whatever. What you said is, is absolutely uh, correct, and it's absolutely 
critical. And that is one of the things that came up at the cybersecurity symposium this year that I've never heard them say in seven years that I've been attending the cybersecurity and HIPAA programs in Washington, D.C. to stay on top of this stuff. They finally said, and some of this is because of Trump and he doesn't like regulation, but he knows this has to be regulated because we have to stop the ransomware attacks. But yeah. what he did sort of put in place and what's out there now, they stated that if you can show that you have documented, this doesn't mean that you just, oh, yeah, we do that. And somebody says we do that in the office. No, you documented a good faith effort to cover every one of those regulations that I've talked about. In other words, 100 pages of policies, that's what yeah. it takes to make sure you've covered every one of those regulations with a good faith effort. They say that they are now, for the first time in, in seven years that I've been doing this, they say they are more inclined to assist you if you have a problem, if you can document that you've done good faith in all areas. However, and that's the first encouraging thing I've ever heard. However, there is a however, uh -huh. if you have failed to document even one area of requirement, then there's no mercy. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that that's the name of the game, and uh, it's it's important for uh, all healthcare uh, providers uh, of of all stripes to to be very careful with uh, security, with, with 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 protected health information, and uh, you know. Uh, uh, Experts like yourself, Dr. Tai, are, are, are doing uh, a, a very valuable service in trying to make sure that um, no, nobody uh, goes unaware of the challenges and, uh, and, 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 and nobody lacks the tools they need uh, to, to get compliant. Well, uh, that's, uh, uh, that'll be a wrap for, for our uh, talk today. I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us, uh, Dr. Tai. This has been extremely informative. And you've given us a bulletproof look at the future adjustment. I'm Dan Sosnowski, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Dr. Tai. That was excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs>